The Hugh Freeze era gets started with a bang as Auburn beats the UMass Minutemen 59-14. to Let's talk about it on this edition of the Uptempo Podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. Yes, sir. Let's go, Auburn family. That's what we've been waiting on, baby. Auburn football played some Auburn football. The Auburn Tigers defeat the UMass Minutemen 59-14 Saturday in Jordan-Hare Stadium, the largest crowd in the history of Jordan-Hare Stadium. I'm your host, Dustin Smith, joined as always by my guy in the 251, Blake Lane. Looking a little different today. Blake Lane <laughs> with the stunner shades. Blake, yes, talk to the people. You look good, baby. Hey, what is up, Auburn family? We're straight bugging today, man. Dustin, we handled business 59 to 14. Couldn't be happier for this program. Uh, first, I want to start off with this, Dustin. I want to give a, a shout out to this fan base, man. I know the last two years have been difficult, and we've talked about that many a times, right, Dustin? Uh, and you sent me a video yesterday morning of Tiger Walk. And just to see how deep that was and how many fans were there for Hughes' first entrance uh, into Jordan-Hare Stadium. A special moment, right? A special moment. And to see him interacting with his family after the game, I know, I know you're big on him singing the fight song, knowing word for word. Uh, that's big to me. Uh, I think all of this was a success for the Auburn family. And it goes back to Texas A&M last year, right? It goes back to Cadillac Williams taking over that program last year. And we want to give him his flowers, right? We want to give him a standing ovation for what he done. And then Hugh Freeze keeping him on this staff, right, Dustin? Uh, so it, it was special, man. The, the feeling was electric. Uh, you could feel it through the television. Like uh, Just to see those 90,000 people uh, just – Enjoying football once again on the plains, Dustin. It's no longer going straight to basketball and baseball. Uh, football is back on the plains, and you beat a team down that you were supposed to beat down. That's what felt good to me, Dustin, was you handled business. You went in and you dominated. All right. Let's let's take that first drive. And and you know, there were red flags. UMass marched it down on us. That's cool. There's things to pan out after this first game. There's things to work on offensively and defensively. But let's talk about us just hammering a football team, staying away from the negativity. And it's straight positive vibes over here, baby. Like I'm 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 bugging. I'm happy. I'm excited. Anytime I see that score roll across the bottom of the screen and Auburn absolutely dominated an opponent. I'm bugging, baby. I'm bugging, Dustin. And so, yeah. war damn eagle. Yeah, go back to last year's season opener. Didn't feel good coming out of that one. <laughs> All your concerns were still concerns, right? And yep. it just felt different, bro. Like when I pulled up Friday morning, it just felt different. Like there's uh, there's always that excitement of a season opener, a brand new season coming. But this one, obviously, with the new Hugh Freeze era getting started off and everything that we've been through the last couple of years, this one felt different, man, than it was just – um. It was awesome, man. I, I had a blast this weekend, uh, obviously, at the game, but just being around campus, man, just being back and uh, hearing the hope, like hearing people just walk by you and talking uh, about, you know, optimistic and can we win eight games? Can we win nine games, man? Next year, we could really have a year. You know, um, haven't had those conversations in a while, man. And um, the conversations the last couple of years have been about bigger picture. Is this guy going to work out? What are we going to do? And, you know, then, then, 
separate arguments branch off into that. People start fighting about boosters and this, that, and the other. Everything this weekend was just about football, man. It was it was just hope again, and it was just about the football. And that was a beautiful thing, and it's, it's been a long time, man. So uh, just shout out to, to Hugh Freeze, like you mentioned that fight song, because I talked to you about it um, a little behind the scenes. It's like our eighth time trying to record this episode here. Uh, been some technical difficulties. So uh, we've already kind of had – we've already done this episode a couple of times. So, uh, <laughs> so Blake knows all my points. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, if you've seen the video going around on Twitter, uh, Hugh singing the fight song in the locker room after after the game with the team. Knowing the words already, game one, man. Uh, the guy's invested. He really is. You see him throwing the uh, the toilet paper into the trees. And there's a lot of symbolic stuff that's kind of going on here. Um, the original trees, well, not the original, but, um, you know, the the, uh, the trees that we were uh, able to roll them again for the first time since Updike did what he did. Also, Hugh Freeze era starting off, you know, me and you have made the comparisons before about how Nick Saban and uh, Pat Dye back in the day, or excuse me, Bear Bryant and, Nick Sa- and uh, Pat Dye back in the day in comparison now to kind of age and time and all that. It's a Hugh Freeze coming in the same kind of way that Pat Dye did at the back end of a Bama dynasty. All those things, man, there's just a lot of things that kind of line up here and you say this almost feels like it was meant to be, man. It really, really does. So as far as all of that goes and all the vibes and all the hope that we have pumped up on this podcast and everyone else has that covers all man, it was cool to kind of see it. Because if all that crumbles down, if we come out here and we win this thing 38, 35 or 24 to 21, you know, and look like crap, uh, then all of a sudden you go, whoa, all oh, that was just a bunch of noise. Uh, <laughs> tangible, man, like like real evidence here. We got a coach of staff that knows what, knows what they're doing, bro. So let's get into the game. What you got? I, you could be like Texas Tech, Dustin, and oh, lose to Wyoming yeah. in double overtime. Yeah. So there you yeah. go. Uh, offseason hype around the Red Raiders didn't amount to nothing, bro. Yeah. Uh, 59 to 14, Blake. We came out and just like we everybody kind of assumed we wanted to to pound the rock on them. And uh, that's kind of where I'll get started, man. Was we just established a run? We came out. Uh, let's get into the quarterbacks here, Blake. Peyton Thorne goes 10 for 17 for a 141 yards with a touchdown. And then, like I said, establishing that run, Robbie Ashford, nine attempts for 51 yards, three. Tutties, they're calling him Red Zone Robbie, man. And um, vanilla is what I would say about this. We only ran a couple of plays. The Robbie Ashford package is not three plays. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not. They kept running that left, that sweep to the to the side over there because it was working and UMass can't stop it. And there's no reason to put stuff on film if you ain't got to. And make these people think about it. Make A&M, make Cal, make these people we got coming up think about it. They know Robbie has the ability to throw it. He's a quarterback. But don't show them nothing. Don't show them what you got going on. Um, same thing with Peyton. Now, I said 45 to 20. Obviously, I was off. Um, you were much closer. Just call calling the blowout. Um, I actually came kind of close to your official prediction on the score. <laughs> uh, uh, but um, I did say that Peyton, this is kind of my original thoughts on why that was going to be that way, was the passing number. Because Robbie was two for six for three yards. Um mm-hmm. He had that pass. I think that was kind of situational, right? Like he had the screen pass where Valdo got called for the hold, um, and it just, just I just didn't, I didn't necessarily like the passing plays that were kind of called for Robbie, and then 
you get that. They try to set him up with an easy screen and get him going, and then it gets called back. There were some situations where he got put in where there was penalties, and then he's in third and long and a bad passing down. I don't think that the when Robbie had the throw, I don't think that he was in the best position down a distance wise of when the situations presented themselves. But 10 of 17 is not the most efficient thing either. And that's kind of what I expected with a whole new set of receivers and new quarterbacks. Was what was the touchdown? I believe it was from where yeah. it was it was right there, right? And that's what we talked about pregame was there was going to be some of those. You were going to leave some on the field with a bunch of new guys and a new quarterback and all that. But uh overall, man, as far as the offense goes, I think they kept it they kept it super vanilla and they just they just pounded the rock really and they did it with um by committee like i said bro you didn't have we did this without our best player without our most dynamic player on offense this was the game plan uh demario only ended up having like eight carries right jeremiah cobb i tried to tell him blake i tried to tell him jeremiah cobb if you give this boy totes he's gonna take somebody's job and i'll tell you i'll tell you this right now i'm just i'm gonna say it bro the second best running back on this team is Jeremiah Cobb. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. And he will be RB2 by the time the season comes to an end. I love Damari, but I've seen enough. Because like, you know, you know, I was already kind of feeling this way. I've been like, just Jeremiah Cobb's a guy. And then after what you saw, bro, like, you put 2-3 on a running back in orange and blue, they're going to do something dirty. You got to wear that 2-3 right. A true freshman picking up pass protection the way he did. Man, so yeah, talk about his IQ, man. So just uh, everyone talked about the offensive line, all these new pieces, Blake, and they come out and establish the run, punch people in the mouth. What did you think of that? And what did you uh, – because the big conversation is the two-quarterback system, right? And uh, Hugh said it. Hugh said in the press conference, he said, I don't know how many times I got to tell y'all how many different ways you want me to tell you. Robbie Ashford is going to be part of this game plan. Yeah, and uh, we tried a two QB system last year, and you kind of saw how that went. Uh, but this one looked a little bit different, didn't it? Yeah, completely different. My my thing with the two quarterback system thing last year was like, you know, I always go back to that Penn State game, right, where Landon King makes the big grab, and then it's like, hey, uh, you know, uh, TJ comes off the field, Robbie comes on. It was just like the flow was never right the way Harson really wanted to do things, right? Uh, I felt like the flow was right yesterday. I felt like when Robbie come in, we had momentum. We, you know, we were inside the red zone like we talked about in the in the preseason, in over fall camp through the summer. We we're always going to say, "Hey, when we get inside the red zone, Robbie Ashford can put up numbers." Okay, because he's just so slippery, man. He's so athletic. He can do things uh, that not many people in college football can do. Right? He's hurt, by the way. Yeah. Hey, first time misses. <laughs> If he makes the first guy miss, watch out. It could be a house call, okay? Every, every time. Um, and that's just how electric he is, right? So you get him inside those 20s, man, and he's just so hard to stop. And then uh, when they do rip off, you know, Robbie throws one, then you're going to have to respect that part of his game. So I thought it was a great job. It was very vanilla. This offensive line, man, just the moving pieces, Dustin. If you saw that and how many people we moved around that offensive line, how many different combinations, Auburn and Coach Hugh Freeze, uh, they're still trying to find out what's the perfect, what's the perfect O line, what's gonna, what's gonna stick uh, as we move into SEC play, right? Uh, I thought that was a big thing, and it was clean, right? 
It was mm-hmm. clean. Four, four penalties, 40 yards. Yeah. So uh, it was a clean game. Uh, I, you know, I think I think Avery had had that one on him that uh, I think it was a hold, right? And uh, yeah. But other than that, I thought the O line played phenomenal, man. Uh, I, I'm just I'm so excited to see us making holes, bro, moving people off the line of scrimmage, giving these backs uh, an opportunity, right? That That's refreshing to me as an Auburn fan. Um, and, and Peyton Thorne, you know, stepping up in the pocket. I know we had a, a question about him. Was he going to try to, uh, you know, take off early and, and when he didn't have to? I thought Peyton uh, using his legs early, just showing, hey, I can run. Yeah, it looked awkward, but he, he, he let you know, like, hey, we're in the RPO system, and I can run. Okay, so so don't get it twisted. I can take off and scamper for five, six, seven yards. Um, it was nice to see. It was a completely different offense. And once the chemistry gets down between these yeah. receivers and this quarterback, uh, I think you're going to see a, a, a dynamic offense in Jordan-Hare Stadium. To your point about the from play, Dustin, that I was really impressed with, Peyton made the throw. All right. And he knew that he messed up. He knew he made a mistake. He knew it was six. He knew he made a mistake. He immediately turned to the sideline, turned to from. He said, hey, that's on me. My fault. All right. My fault. That's a team captain for you. All right. A guy that's only been on campus three or four months. He's already uh, he's already taken that leadership role. Also, Hugh Freeze rips the headset off. I love it. All right. He looks right at Peyton. There's a coaching moment there. All right. Mm-hmm. Peyton Thorne is is allowing him to be coached. All right. He's allowing himself to be coached by Hugh Freeze. That is something that you want to see. Robbie Ashford, me and my dad talked about this last night when we when we talked after the game. My dad said it's 52 to 7. Camera pans over on Peyton and Robbie. They're both out of the game. Holden's in. And they're sitting there and they're talking to each other. Did you see that last year, Dustin? No, no, there was uh, – I feel comfortable saying there was some chemistry issues, especially in the QB room. You, you didn't see that last year, and I thought Robbie made a great point about that. He was asked in post game, you know, what is your what is your relationship with Peyton? How do you all feel about each other? And he said, we're brothers, man. He said, yeah, we compete, but we're brothers, man. He said, we go to battle. And, and I said this last night on the War Report post game. Robbie Ashford loves Auburn University. You can tell it every time he steps across the goal line. All right. He loves the orange and blue. He is forever grateful of Auburn University. You can tell it, man. He bleeds orange and blue. And what he did yesterday, it showed that. The maturity questions. I think Robbie is growing Mm -hmm. into that. I think Robbie has accepted his role and he just wants to see Auburn win football games, Dustin. And and I think, hey, if what was the over under of uh, of touchdowns for Robbie? What did we set it at? I know it was he he might break it by the third week of the season, Dustin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I think it was like we had like seven or eight touchdowns for Robbie. He might break it by week three, bro. So uh, good for nine. I'm proud of him. We said that you know he would make plays inside the twenties, and just to see him uh, with a smile on his face. And, you know, for him to lose the job to Peyton and Peyton being the transfer guy that Hugh brought in, 
everybody had questions about how he would handle that moment, how he would handle that situation, right? You got to give him an A plus, Dustin, because he handled it uh, with straight class. He he's worked his tail off, and he's helping this team win football games. And I'm telling you right now, I said it a couple episodes ago. I think he helps Auburn win a big football game on the road at Texas A&M. He's going to come in and make something happen for this team in big time games. And you got to walk out of here in game one saying, man, this was a, a dominant performance from this team. These guys have bought in, Dustin. Yeah. Um, talking about Peyton, I think the best play of the day from any of the quarterbacks was when Peyton stepped up in the pocket, runs out to the left side, and ultimately finds um, Shane Hooks. And he, there was a couple of plays where with Peyton where um, – the really good quarterbacks in the NFL, they have a pocket presence. It's not necessarily about having a scrambling ability. Tom Brady, obviously the GOAT. So I'm not I'm not trying to say that Peyton Thorne is that, but Brady made his career off of just that little sidestep. No, a guy like Big Ben as well, right? Like, nah, it's just a little get out of here. No, bump in over here. Just avoid that pressure and find the guy. And I thought that Peyton did that well a couple of times yesterday, of uh, just feeling the, the, the uh, pressure in the pocket and uh, – Kind of a, a low-key athletic play out there to Shane Hooks. And, um, by the way, on the receivers real quick, Shane Hooks and Cam Brown, like I don't know if y'all saw this on the uh, on the TV screen, but they were beating their dudes every single pass play. Like, Cam Brown got held about seven times, just being real. Like, if the ball would have got thrown over to where he was, like, there would have been a lot of flags. And I feel like – I think there was one that got missed. It was on the other side of where I was sitting in the corner of the end zone. So I don't want to say for sure that that was pass interference, but it looked like from where I was. that. They, but, like, they were beating their guys, bro. Shane Hooks was cooking his dude. Trust me when I tell you. He was cooking his dude. I could do the film breakdown. You can see it. But, like, they were holding them. They were just holding them right off the line. Uh, there really was a lot more there. When you talk about the red zone and we talk about how vanilla the game plan was, like, Rivaldo Fairweather didn't get a look. Listen, yeah. that's not – that's not going to be the case. Like, this is a Hugh Freeze offense. The tight end is going to get the ball, especially down in the red zone. He didn't even get a, he didn't even get a look yesterday. It wasn't even a ball thrown his way. Um, they really kept it basic. Hugh said in the postgame, I could have kind of did whatever I wanted to do today. Um, by the way, I hated. I absolutely hate. I was booing as we need the ball at the end of the game. Like, <laughs> bro, like, like, come on, dog. Come on. Who, who cares? They've already got their ass kicked. They've already come all the way down to Massachusetts to take this L. And, and by the way, like, not a very, uh, not a not a very fun bunch of folks. Those UMass people, only only about a thousand of them. But I got to talk to our guy Nathan, man, because you guys got to lighten up. Y'all came down, took a paycheck to take a butt whoop, and I don't know, like they took it. They took it personal, bro. Like they. Like they was really upset in there. And I'm like, y'all came down here after beating New Mexico State and really thought you was about to do something. That's cute, you know. That's cute. And uh the Auburn fan in me was super worried before the game as well. And uh and it's just it's just a new it's just a new era, bro. Like the uh the pass to Jay Fair. Um mm-hmm. I just to see somebody that open. I'm like, oh my God, you know, um using the middle of the field. Slant routes. I saw slant routes. I saw all kind of stuff, man. I saw all kind of different routes. Just a lot of stuff that I haven't seen in a long time. Um, I wanted to make the point also on the offensive line. You talked about the different rotations. Hugh said in the postgame, it's about tempo. Because he's going to go fast, which, by the way, how awesome was that to see? 
to see some tempo, to not see us get a first down and standing around. I know sometimes you got to slow it down, but like these last couple of years, bro, it just got to the point where like, goodness gracious, we can't ever speed up the defense. Um, we had them going, man. And uh, so it was good to see that. I love seeing the snapping the ball with 30 seconds on the play clock and clean. Like for a first game, the, the, the substitutions were clean, man. There wasn't like, I don't know if we even got an illegal formation, maybe one, if we did, we only have four penalties on the day. So, but like lined up, right. Substituted, right. Like everything looked really, really clean and really, really organized. And when it didn't, uh, you talk about, um, you talk about Hugh getting into Peyton after you missed the throw. I didn't see that. Uh, being at the game but what I did see was uh, whenever we were trying to run the clock down maybe early in the fourth and Robbie let it go down too much and had to call a timeout because we almost got to lay a game I saw Hugh I saw Hugh lose it then and it's like hey man up by 40 you know still coaching not just what we've seen and this isn't just a shot at the last guy this is a shot at the last two guys of guys just messing up and then just walking right past the head coach back onto the sideline that ain't it bro that ain't it and that ain't gonna happen with this staff. You got to get in these guys' faces and let them know, man. Like this is a this game. This is this is a physical game. At the end of the day, this is a there's a reason why guys are hopping around and, and juiced up. It's a, it's a testosterone sport, bro. It yep. is. Like it, it is what it is. Uh, grown men play this thing. Like Jason Jones, listen to me. That's a grown man, bro. That's that's a that's a big boy. He came through Tiger Walk, and I'm like. At 5'10", 165 pounds, I'm looking at this guy like, bro, I never had a shot to play no damn D1 <laughs> athletics. Nowhere, bro. Look at this guy right here. An absolute freak, man. And uh, let's get over here to the defense, Blake. I told you I'm going to start off right here with your boy because you talked about him all summer and to a point that I've been making as well. We've said it, bro. Get the damn ball. You got to go get the rock. And your boy Simp got that rock twice. Pick six house call. I text Blake. I said, don't burn down Mobile, bro. <laughs> don't don't burn down the city. I know <laughs> I know it's coming. Uh, Eugene Asante was flying around. Uh, you know I got to put my boy Keldrick Falk in there. I don't mm -hmm. know how many more games we're going to go with Keldrick Falk not starting. And it doesn't even really matter, the whole starting thing, because that doesn't mean that you can't get more reps than the guy that started. You know, it's just a thing for depth chart and uh, for lineups and media, really, at the end of the day. But, uh, yeah, bro, I thought Keldrick – started coming on pretty early in that game and uh and was making some noise man he had a, a tackle and a half or loss there half a sack he's gonna get to that eight or nine like i talked about um blake my biggest takeaway on defense was Keontae scott and we're gonna get into Deon, uh donovan kaufman but we the questions have been about pressure on the quarterback right and we've heard about the uniqueness of ron roberts scheme and then the pick six is a perfect example uh, Keontae Scott caused that. Yep. Keontae Scott getting in there. It's a beautiful call by Ron Roberts, knowing what the offense is going to run before. We just outcoached them. And, I mean, we've talked about Don Brown's a good coach. Yep. Right? That's a good coaching staff at you, man. Had a top 10 defense last year. I know it's fun to make fun of UMass, and I know they're not a good team. I'm not saying they're going to come out here and win seven, eight games or not. They're not going to make a bowl. I get all that. But that's a well-coached team. And we were just ahead of the curve, man. And that plays a good example of it. And Kaufman and Keontae, bro, were just wrecking havoc. And I know that if that was as vanilla as it was on offense, probably pretty safe to say that was some vanilla Ron Roberts stuff, right? Yeah. And it was already causing a lot of havoc. Blake, your guy Jay Simp had a day. 
<laughs> hey, I put it out there on Twitter. I told you guys that he would lead this team in picks. Four more uh, to go. And it, it started it started yesterday, man, and, and what a day he had. Look, DJ James had one. It should be a tied race because uh, he had one that went right through his mitts. But that's why he plays DB, right? And that's why he doesn't play receiver. Uh, it hit him in the worst spot it could, right in his hands. Uh, but, look, like you mentioned, man, uh, Keontae causing the pressure off the edge. He really set that play up, and uh, Simp just jumped that route and uh, and took it back to the crib. Had a little celebration to go on on top of that, too. That might be why I got the little shades on right here. You know, the sauce just felt a little different, throwing the ball up, doing his little dance. Uh, loved it, man. But one thing I want to point out, too, Dustin, is how to get a freshman acclimated into college football, right? Mm-hmm. Kay and Lee coming off the edge. All right. Ron Roberts wasted no time. All right. He said, Kayan, you're out here. You're a player. You're coming. You're coming from the corner slot, my buddy. And and we're going to blitz and and we're going to put you in the game right away. Dude, they can come from from anywhere. Like Ron Roberts is going to heat the quarterback up this year. And we saw that yesterday. Um, Now, obviously, you're not going to be able to blitz. Uh, all the time when you get into conference play and things like that. Uh, but Donovan Kaufman, man, Ooh. I mean, what a day. In in my opinion, uh, he – man, I know I could get cooked for this take, whatever you want to say. But, I mean, that was like – it gave me Honey Badger vibes. Hmm. It gave me Honey Badger vibes. The way it was used. If you remember – the way if you remember the way the honey badger played at LSU, mm-hmm. right? If you remember the Tyran Matthew days and how he come off the edge, how he stripped fumbles and and uh you know just over the middle of the field, man, picking passes off and everything, like he was a menace on defense. And I think that's the role that Donovan Kaufman will play on this football team this year. I think he will wreak havoc in the backfield, and I think he will blow plays up. And that's just how he's going to have to play. Hey, what is he, 5'9", 5'10"? Yeah. You know, I mean, he's going to have to get in there and get grimy and slimy and dirty, and that's what type of player he is. And him coming off the edge, man, he had a sack yesterday. Fomachon just made a hell of a play. Yeah. Uh, he got spun around, he saw his back, and he pitched it back to him. That was a sack, bro. I mean, that's just an athletic quarterback making a play and, you know, UMass was in the right place at the right time, uh, and they ended up picking up a gain off of that. But uh, the kid makes plays, man. Eugene Asante, he was doing it. I think he even done it on special teams one time. Flying around, dog. <laughs> like he was. He, he. It reminded me a lot, and Kaufman as well. But it reminded me a lot of like a. Uh, I'm not saying their games are exactly the same here because they're not. But it reminded me a lot of a Robinson Therese type situation. Yeah, where you're just wherever the ball is, maybe not even making the play. But Eugene was there every time, bro. It felt like he had more than six tackles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a headhunter. We've heard that in fall camp, right? Uh, we heard that he was going to blow plays up, um, and and he did just that. Dustin, I want to ask you about Keldrick Falk. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some things with Elijah McAllister, right? You know, um, he's a team guy, team leader, team captain, locker room guy, whatever you want to call him, right? Um there was a lot of, you know, build up about him not playing his best game, him not setting the edge. Uh, do you think we eventually see Keldrick fall fall over there to and, and get after Elijah? 
Yeah, and I've I've um I've heard a couple of different Auburn media people make this point, so it's not an original point, and anybody watching it can tell this anyway. But you didn't have Jalen McLeod and you didn't have Nehemiah Pritchett, right? So those are two guys right there that are starters that um you're kind of dependent on to make to make tackles, and uh, especially especially Jalen McLeod obviously is required to set that edge there. So, but that's a that's what we talked about as well is a lack of depth at that position. So yeah, I do. And listen, bro, um, who is the did you see the like? Did you see Terrence Love was one of the first safeties off the bench? This is a this is a freshman class that the top of it, the top of this class we just brought in, is like is like top five level. Like the Connor Lewis, the Keldrick Fox, the Kane Lees. You're gonna see a, a Duran, Darren Reed, Darren Reed, however you say his name, um, the big D lineman. You're gonna see him. He just got in late. I would like for him to get in the spring, but you're gonna see him as the season goes on. Get in there and make some noise. Terrence Love, Colton Hood. How about our guy Champ Anthony being one of the first outside corners, bro? Kids played four JUCO games. Four JUCO games. Bro, like one of the first guys off the bench, dude. Um, there's a lot, a lot of young talent on this team that I was really excited. You know my dog, Connor Lou was moving people when he got in the game, bro. There was a couple of times. <laughs> it was a couple of times where he put a UMass nose tackle straight on his ass. And I'm like, bro, I know that's got to be demoralizing when a 17-year-old comes through and just straight bodies you on yes. multiple plays. But uh, to your point specifically on Keldrick, um, yeah, already got that half a sack, that tackle for loss. And there was a couple other plays that he was right there in on. He's going to be a problem, dude. He's going to be a problem. And, yeah, I think he starts – Really, really soon. I mean, yeah. I, and, and to your point on Elijah, man. Um, so some things that you didn't see if you weren't there, like, okay, last year, Penn State game. Let's say before it got out of hand, still wasn't the most hype as atmosphere considering the situation, right? Elijah McAllister consistently, and what we'll, this is going to be. This is this is my final take. So I'll, I'll save this for the end. But um, with the new clock rules, there's about five minutes of you just sitting there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Great, NCAA. That's what we all wanted. I'm sure y'all got to see a bunch of stupid Dr. Pepper commercials that aren't funny. But nevertheless, um, during those five, six, seven, 25-minute media timeouts, after we score a touchdown, we go 30 minutes, then we come and we kick the ball off, and then we go 30 more minutes before we come back and continue the drive. But we want to slow the game down. This shit took longer. Anyway, I'll get all my – that's for the end. During those timeouts, Elijah McAllister, almost every time in front of the student section, come on, come on. When we're up by 35 during the media timeouts, Elijah McAllister kind of right there in that, in that, that end zone part where the student section bleeds over to the back corner of the end zone, going around, come on, come on, dancing with Albie, doing all these things. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that Elijah McAllister does that people just got to understand. And when there's – he had a sack too, so it's like, all right, like, and yeah, I know that there were some plays, okay, but his kid still had a sack. I don't think he played like terrible. And to that point, yeah, 
what do you have, two and a half sacks last year at Vanderbilt? No one brought in Elijah McAllister thinking he's about to set the world on fire stat-wise. If yeah. you did, you didn't know what you were looking at. And it's hard. Pass rushers are at a, are a premium. In today's game, getting after the quarterback's one of the main one of the main things, right? Like you got to be able to do it or you're going to get cooked with the athletes that exist at receiver and the passing schemes that exist in 2023. You've got to get to the quarterback. So the point I'm making is there's not – it's hard to get him in the portal. So you get a Jalen McLeod that has six and a half sacks that did not necessarily light the world on fire. You get a guy like Elijah McAllister that had two and a half sacks, not exactly lighting the world on fire. Like if you expected these big sack numbers to come from some of these guys, I don't really know what to tell you. Um, when you had 46, 47, whatever the number is, new guys brought in, you have to have some cats like Elijah McAllister that get on guys that are late. Mm-hmm. You have to have these kind of guys. And I can tell you, because I know some things, we need this locker room needs them. Yep. They really needed them during the summer. And the, the result that you got, and when we talked about the organization and everybody being on the same page and the energy and all that, Elijah McAllister is a key part of things like that. He is a team captain, he is a team leader. Just him walking through Tiger Walk, just the presence is different. You know, when you're around people and you're just like, oh, I bet if I talked to you for 30 minutes, I would feel like a dummy. Like, <laughs> like it's it, it's that kind of thing, bro. It's that kind of thing, just just his presence, his aura that he gives off. Um, just a really impressive young man. So, like, there's a lot of things. We see the three hours. Yep. But Monday through Friday is where the games are won. And you don't win games. You have you have five and seven seasons. You have six and seven seasons when you're losing in Birmingham Bowls to Houston's. When you don't have Elijah McAllisters in the locker room, when you've got half of the locker room is Team TJ and half the room is Team Robbie, that's when you go five and seven. Mm. When you have Elijah McAllisters that reel everybody in and say no to sir, there's no Team Peyton Thorne, there's no Team Robbie. This is Team Albert. That's when you get a fifty-nine to fourteen result. And sure. Yes. Were you supposed to beat UMass that way? Of course. But you were supposed to beat Mercer that way. You were supposed to beat San Jose State that way. Like, obvious progress has been made. And, like, Hugh Freeze made a point also in the postgame that, that me and you made as well. Um, celebrate the dubs. They're hard. They're freaking hard to get no matter who it is. And you've only got 12 games on the schedule for sure a year. So – Enjoy the wins. I don't understand the whole like thing going on right now in the fans. With did we use Peyton Wright versus Robbie and blah 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 blah? Well, figure it out, man. You figure it out. You know what I saw? I saw two QBs that scored four touchdowns total, didn't turn the ball over, and then my third string came in and went two for two with two bombs. And I saw <laughs> and I saw Malcolm Johnson say, "Yo, where are my reps? I'm healthy now. Where are my reps?" Mm-hmm. A burner, a burner, a straight burner, bro. So yeah, man. Like, uh, there's just a lot of a lot of stuff to be excited about, and and I really, I, I text you like halfway through the second quarter. I'm like, I'm in love with this Ron Roberts stuff, bro. Like, because I know it's because I know it's vanilla. I know there's so much more, and you've got Keontae coming. You've got you said Kaylee, like second, third rep, D1 college football. Hey, go get the quarterback. What am I on outside corner? Yeah, go get the quarterback. Uh, just a lot of a lot of cool a lot of cool stuff, man. A lot of improvements um, all around the board, man. And so if you're booging, if you've got your Auburn goggles on, like Blake does, 
I don't blame you, bro. Like you should, because after what we've been through, man, and then for all the hype this summer, it almost kind of set up for like a, like a dud, right? You know? And uh, last point we're here on how these guys were used. Um, so Saturday morning, had breakfast with the, the War Report guys, right? We're walking out of Stacks Pancakes, and Keontae Scott's uncle was there. And just, he was like, man, Keontae about to eat. Just ex- <laughs> like this was excited for the way he was about to be used, right? And I think you saw that. And uh, Ike's obviously a big Keontae guy. Um, and yeah, I think you saw he's Ron Roberts is going to put him in a position, man, to where – going to put all his guys in a position where they can use their talents. Will have a punt return touchdown this year. He will get him one. He is electric in the punt return game. Uh, and what a key guy for us on this defense, man. I agree 100%. I think Keontae is about to have a hell of a year. And uh, this secondary uh, – <laughs> wow, have fun. Like, like I said, <laughs> how how is UMass going to push the ball down the field on this secondary, and then to see our guys eventually uh, get some pressure on the quarterback uh, and and just cause cause havoc all over the field, right? And and uh, I think we played a hell of a game. You know, I, I was asked last night in the War Report post game. You know, uh, the guy I can't remember his name who asked the question, but he said, you know, I grade things a, a nine. I think it was Otis or or uh, something. Oda, like Otis Smith. Otis Smith. That's it. Otis Smith. Um, he asked. He asked the guys. He said, "I graded a nine. Uh, you know, what would you what would you guys grade it?" And I said, "I'm right there at a, at, at an eight or nine. You know, like I'm pleased. I'm right. yeah. There was look the first drive, like B. Will said, man, it's scripted. Mm-hmm. Uh, UMass had a scripted plan what they wanted to do. And sometimes if it goes to to perfection and planned like you expect it to, sometimes you come out on that second drive and and the first couple plays of it are scripted." Coaches like to go like about the 10 to first 15, 10 to 15 plays are, are scripted of a game. So, yeah, we did give up a walk in touchdown. Like they walked it right down the field on us. But I'll tell you a, a text I got from my dad, man. He said, Hey, first drive of the game, don't sweat it. We're still filling each other out, right? I, yeah, there was red flags, but it's the first game of the year, man. It's expected. A flipped roster, all right, coming mm-hmm. together. First possession of the game. Don't sweat it. We're fine. Yeah, 100%. And I don't want to get on this whole Colorado thing, but, man, we keep saying it, right? We're so – especially people that have been watching ball a little bit longer, a little bit – the older crowd, we're so used to, like, a new coach. It takes time to turn things around. And then you see, like, a team like Colorado yesterday with a whole brand-new roster, and they're, like, 20-point underdogs to the uh, national championship runner-up. That makes sense on paper when you're looking at it, but that makes sense for the first 120 years of college ball. It's a new era, and we're just going to have to get used to this, man. Like, it's a whole new team. It's a whole new deal. So, I know, like, when we did our season prediction, a lot of people didn't like us predicting us to lose to Arkansas, or they were making comparisons to saying, you know, well, uh, to Alabama and and saying, well – Versus, uh, with Harson's first year, we almost beat him at home and, and this kind of thing. And it's like, nah, man, you can't look at last year's teams and games. Yeah. It's, it's especially now. You couldn't do it before, but you damn sure can't do it now, man. And I just think that this new roster and everything that we got going, bro, like, is, is a ton of is a ton of reasons to really like actually start to have some faith and start to believe and 
stay up late till 10 o'clock. Get your nap in at like 7 o'clock next week, bro, uh, because we got Pac-12, Pac-2 after dark. Did you see the meme going around of the Pac-12 schedule next year? And it was Oregon State versus uh, Washington State rotating home and away every week. <laughs> I saw the one of uh, Tupac. It said, it said the, twi- uh, the Pac-12 is now turned into Tupac. <laughs> And I was like, man. <laughs> oh, bro, that's rough. Bro. And, then, and then Oregon State's uh, AD said that uh, he hopes the Pac-12 image can be restored. Like, dude, just join the Mountain West. Like, get it over with. Restored? There's nothing left of it. No. What are, you tra- what are you trying to restore? It's been torched to the ground. Yeah, it, died. <laughs> yeah. it died when USC and UCLA chose to go to the big team, man. Yeah, the time to save that was two years ago. Look, guys, if you want to look as fly as Blake does today, if you listen on audio, Blake's got the stunner shades on. But if you want to look as fly as Blake, man, go over to thewarreport.com slash shop. Go on there. Blake, show the people that shirt one more time. Level up, man, up tempo. Go on there and get that, guys. Help us out, man. Also, Home Field Apparel, 15% off your first purchase using the code UPTEMPO. And, Blake, for our members, tomorrow, uh, Labor Day, I will be off. I'm going to be doing the recruiting pod, man. Uh, went to Phoenix City, hung out with our guy, Mike G, at the Phoenix City game. Checked out Cam Coleman, Spencer Waldrop, uh, big offensive tackle there. That Auburn's uh, after Dylan Upshaw, a big-time class of 2025 receiver. That Auburn's after as well. And uh, if you're one of our members, man, you can get full access to that pod as I struggle to find the banner for this. Here we go. Blake, talk to people about the memberships, baby. Yeah, we got a JV squad membership for $3.99 a month, and uh, it's members-only live chat, member shout-outs, priority to reply to comments, early access to videos, and exclusive gifts. Uh, and if you want to upgrade that and things like Dustin is talking about, you can go to the Varsity Squad for $5.99 a month, recruiting update videos. Uh, and Dustin will drop that one tomorrow for everybody. Uh, and a game day group chat. Look, we're still. I'm getting with Ike. We're still going to try to figure out how to how to set this up and everything and get it rolling. Uh, Gameplay with you. Send us over your Xbox gamer tags, man. We are uh, we're ready to play with you guys. We can play some Madden or next summer when NCAA football comes out. Uh, I think that'll be an an, an awesome time. Uh, and we can get a little Xbox party and chat it up about some Auburn sports. So uh, watch the film, Auburn baseball. Guys, I think we got some exciting stuff coming for Auburn baseball season. Look, if you're not a baseball fan, uh, I, I would I would advise you to, to check some of this stuff out. All right. Mm-hmm. It's going to be special. We're growing. Dustin put a picture up of the renovations that are going on at Plainsman Park right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we're going to have some of these guys on. We've already had a couple of them on the show. Right. Uh, but we're 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 working some things out where we could go a little bit more in depth and this not be on a podcast. Right. But then I'm going to sit down. Uh, I'm going to break down some film of Ike Irish and Cooper McMurray and those guys. You know, I'll even go into some pitching stuff. Right. Uh, the Tanner Bauman's of the world and the Joseph Gonzalez's, right. you know, him, him coming back. What a huge get for him to return. Uh, but yeah. There's a lot of exciting stuff, man. We're going to be uh, going live, too, during basketball games. We'll be live during baseball games and everything, and just going pitch by pitch, man, and, and shot by shot. You know, we'll be live at tip for the first Auburn basketball game. So there's just exciting stuff. Get in this chat. Uh, 
because we have a blast, right? I mean, yeah. there was a time there was a time last year against Ole Miss, Cooper McMurray come up with bases loaded, and I said, "Hey, this is the guy right here you want up that could hit a grand slam." Next pitch, Coop hits a grand slam. Uh, so, you know, it's it's fun to get in there, Dustin, and and have a good time, brother. Yes, sir, for sure. And uh, like you said, so our varsity squad members, little preview, man. So I went to Phoenix City, bro, and checked out Dylan Upshaw, Cam Coleman. I got a ton of stuff coming for you guys. A little Dylan Upshaw touchdown right here. Uh, Pat, Patty Nick set him up, bro. But I was very impressed with Dylan, man, as you see right here on the little, uh, little bubble screen that he takes to the house with a stiff arm there. Uh, very athletic kid, man. I got a couple of Cam Coleman highlights. I got a lot of Dylan Upshaw, some Spencer Waldrop as well. So that's just a little preview of what we got going on, man, for these recruiting videos. Every Friday night, uh, I'm getting out to these games, man. I'm hustling. I'm out here grinding, bro, uh, getting these guys, getting these prospects, checking them out. I will say this. After watching Cam Coleman, Blake, and I told Mike G this, and I told the boys this as well uh, uh, Saturday morning, the only differences that I see between Cam Coleman and Bryce Kane, and this is not me crapping on the A&M kid because Cam Coleman is a five-star, but after these last two Friday nights, the difference is the size. That's the difference. There's yep. not and there's not a whole like talent level wise, not a big drop off between Cam Coleman and, and Bryce Kane. And mm -hmm. I and, and Cam is elite. Okay. Cam had three tutties. They they were up 52 to zero at halftime. And then they brought in a whole bunch of future D1 guy, you know, like mm -hmm. Phoenix City Stag Dog. That's a that's a different situation there. You can watch them just warm up and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Um, but yeah, man, impressive stuff there. Um, and that's that whole thing will be coming up tomorrow, breaking down every commitment, how they did uh, this weekend, getting those stats in for you guys. And I'll be breaking down the film from the games that I was at. Blake, let's get in here and get to players of the game, man. I put this up on Twitter, right, for uh, defense, because I feel like we'll get into offense, I guess. But like offense was so spread out mm -hmm. that like just the stats were kind of all over the place. And I thought that Peyton looked fine. But, like, the stats didn't kind of blow you away. 10 for 17, buck 41 with a tutty. Um, and Robbie getting three tutties. So, I'm like, okay, that's the guy. Like, that's your player of the game with three touchdowns with the stats being as divided and split up as they were. But defense is the one that interested me because mm -hmm. a lot of different guys had good games. Put the poll up, and 35% Jalen Simpson, 35% Donovan Kaufman, so me, like they were literally tied. So me and you had to, uh, and then um, I believe I had uh, Keldrick on there and, and somebody else. But obviously, the, I'm talking the two. Uh, Eugene. Eugene, that's correct, correct. And they got a couple of votes. But overall, man, uh, Donovan and Simp were the overall uh, top vote getters there. So literally tied at 35%. So me and you had to make the call. Uh, who do we go with here? And we decided on Donovan, bro. Like it just seemed like, like you talked about, um, he was all over the place. And sure, Simp picked up that fumble. But who forced it? And uh, hey, it's a good it's a good problem to have when you can sit here and go, I don't know exactly which guy you know it was. <laughs> and and Marcus Harris, bro, Marcus Harris played a good game. Like it's Jason Jones played a good game. Um, battled through some stuff. Like I thought, Justin Rogers started to kind of turn it on. A lot of guys, a lot of guys played uh, played well, man. And I thought Champ Anthony played well. I know that we got beat on that one long one, but it's like. Yeah. Bunch of young guys, and then the kid that scored the touchdown for uh for Aram for UMass there, we talked about him, the Simpson Samson, whatever his name is, the kid from Arizona, the wide receiver transfer. That kid's a player. Yep, 
That kid's a player. So he got you. And it's 2023, bro. Giving up 14 points is like giving up a touchdown back in the day. It's yeah. just it's just, like, it's just different, man. I don't, I'm not really gonna sit here and, and, and get too too mad about it. Um, you got any thoughts on this, Blake? Donovan Kaufman, like I said, a playmaker, and he is going to be used like I think, like the Honey Badger was uh, at LSU. I, th- I think he's going to be that in that star position, man. He's going to be heating up the quarterback, blowing up plays in the backfield, uh, and his tackling, man, for sure. Tackler, uh, I was pleased to see that. And uh, as far as Robbie Ashford, you know, I said my piece on him. Yeah. Just damn proud of the kid, man. Damn proud of nine and the way he's handled this situation and sure. uh, seeing him score three times yesterday, red zone Robbie is uh, hey. it's trending. Uh, they even used it on sec network last night. So uh, good for these two dudes, good for this football team. And uh, you can tell that this thing's starting to become a program and not a program. Mm, right? And that's what you really want. You know, I, I know uh, Dan Lanning, he went up to Oregon, right. And mm-hmm. in his first presser, uh, he said, I want to turn this into a program. Uh, you know, they weren't – they were like, program? Like, it's a program? He said, no, I want it to be an SEC program. All right? So, uh, you know, I, I think that's what Hughes turned it into, man. And and one thing I wanted to say for my, for my final thoughts, Dustin, uh, and I know you made a point about Hugh Freeze earlier, about him coaching up 40, right? And I want to turn it back to this, and some might not like this because of who I'm about to bring up, but back when A.J. McCarron was the backup quarterback, I think it was in 2010, A.J. McCarron was the backup quarterback. They were playing Mississippi State at home, the University of Alabama. A.J. comes in, he makes a mistake, and as he's walking to the sideline, Nick Saban is having a conniption fit. All right. He's thrown the headset off. It's in pieces on the sideline and he gets up in AJ's face and he just starts ripping him. I mean, tearing him to pieces. And then when AJ says, yes, sir. And he goes to walk off, saving just bang right on the rear end. All right. Mm-hmm. He caught a lot of criticism over that. All right. He caught a lot of heat over it. They were like, Hey man, you shouldn't be putting your hands on these kids. Right. That was a life lesson. All right. Not only a football lesson, but it was a life lesson. All right. You mess up. I'm here to get on your ass. It's a life lesson. All right. Not just on the football field. And it makes these kids into men. All right. So for the world that we live in today, where everybody wants to be soft and everybody wants to put your nose in time out and everything like that. And you think that cures everything. All right. These kids, man, they got to be coached. All right. Mm. And when you're up 40 and you're still coaching like that, these kids take note of that. These recruits take note of that. They say, hey, man, I want to play for a guy like that. All right. I want to play for a guy like that. One thing that sticks out to me, Mario Cristobal, I know he takes a lot of heat, but in a game uh, two years ago when he was at Oregon, they picked up a first down. Receiver gets up, spins the football. All right. As he picks up a first down. Mario Cristobal lost his stuff on that kid. Went ballistic on him. All right. Because that's stuff that you don't do and you coach that kid and he learns from it. All right. Great point by you on Hugh doing that still up 40 and you don't see him over here celebrating and everything or doing this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> there's there's coaching lessons being taught in that locker room, on that sideline, uh, and behind the scenes each and every second of the day, man. So uh, congrats to Hugh Freeze. Congrats to BM 1-0. And uh, only 14 more to go, Dustin. Yes, sir. Blake, it was so lost in it is that we got an uh, offensive line commitment for the right. 2025 class. That's how well it went, you know. Um, and we'll talk about that more on the uh, I will on the recruiting breakdown. I'm going to get in here a little bit and look at some of that kid's stuff and find out everything I can on him. So, again, for you varsity squad members, that's coming tomorrow. So, my final thoughts, bro, is just like you said, man, like just this whole – the whole Auburn family, like hell yeah, you know. And I walked into the uh, – I went into the basketball arena – Saturday and uh, you hear the screeching of the sneakers and, and Coach Harris and the ladies are in there practicing and uh, man, it just felt good. It felt good, bro. After this long summer, this desert of just trying to create some content for you guys, man, and there being nothing going on. Oh, look, the Rays are playing the Red Sox for the 35th time. Yay. And the playoffs won't even start to form until halfway through the football season. Like, Golly, dude, July is such a freaking drag, bro. The first couple of weeks of August are such a drag. And then I know when I see 10-year-olds on my TV playing baseball that it's almost time. It's a fun. It's almost time. I'm not going to watch them 10-year-olds play baseball because I could not care less. But I know that when we get there, bro, that it's almost time. And it's just been, it's been fun to be at Baker, uh, be at Phoenix City. I had a blast hanging out with Mike G Friday night, man. Um, so it's just been fun. I'm so happy to be a part of this War Report team. These guys are working so hard, man. I can, I can tell you, like, for real, um, these guys love Auburn. Yep. Like, yes, the goal is to grow in subscribers. Yes, the goal is to make money and do all that kind of, like, I mean, why else would you be doing it, right? Like, we're trying to do big boy stuff here. But these guys love Auburn, bro. They really do. And uh, it's just a hustle. It's just a grind. And uh, super motivated to take this thing to the top. So really fired up for this season, man. Really fired up for the team of guys that we're on. They're good people, man. They're hard workers. Really excited to be to be teamed up with them. And, yeah, like I kind of already said it, but, yo, we didn't ask for less plays. Nobody asked for less football plays. We asked for less stupid commercials. I don't know where Fansville is. But I hope that bitch burns to the ground, bro. I hope somebody torches Fansville. Because Sheriff Bosworth, he ain't funny. And somebody <laughs> needs to call Bo Jackson to run over his ass. Because it ain't funny, bro. Yeah. It ain't funny. I'm not laughing. I wasn't laughing at the Bryce Young one last year. Like, it ain't like, where is Larry Culpepper? Yes, yes. Where is yes. Larry Culpepper, bro? Yes. Somebody go get Larry Culpepper because I need an ice cold Dr. Pepper here. And the inventor of the college football playoff. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on, bro. Get me out of Fansville. If you're going to make me watch commercials with a little bit of football sprinkled in, can I laugh at them? Yeah. What are we doing, dude? Like, I'm watching guys run out of bounds and the clock is running. What in the world? Bro, we get 12 games. Not one of the 88,000 people in that stadium. And I heard some stupid stuff because, boy, I got to shout out to the Uptempo gang, the Warpore family, and all you guys, bro, because, like, there are some casuals. There are some casuals. Boys sitting behind me decked out. Auburn socks, Auburn shorts, Auburn shirt, Auburn hat. Why ain't Jarquez playing? Who is this? What? Peyton Thorne, huh? <laughs> like, ah! Hell won't blow off my shoulders, big dog. So, shout out to a lot of cow. Woo! 
a lot of casuals out here, man. Really, really appreciate you guys. Blake, before we get out of here, bro, the push for 1K, we are so close. Yes, our goal was to get to 1,000 before kickoff. Um, look, we knew when we put that goal, that was like high. We were like right at 300 when we said that. Um, <laughs> we, were, we were actually like, we knew that was a very high bar to set. And looking at the analytics that we weren't like on track to get there. And like, we're knocking on the door, bro. We're 75 away. So I feel like if we can do the growth that we had in July, that now that the season's here, it's time to get this thing bumping, man. So share this video out, like and subscribe to the channel, all those kind of things, man. We really appreciate you guys. Seven o'clock central time, Tuesday night, going live. You already know the deal. Get in there, get your comments in, get your questions in. We want to have a good time. Trying to bring on a, a, a special guest like that, like we always try to do, man. And uh, look at the, the Cal Golden Bears, bro. Mm-hmm. The Cal Golden Bears going to travel out, play a game at 10 o'clock at night. Going to be doing some post-game stuff at like 1.30 in the morning, I would assume. So, uh, yeah, bro, get your, get your Red Bulls ready or whatever it takes to get you juiced up, man. But be in there Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Central Time, man. Yeah. It's going to be an absolute blast. We, uh, we'll put a wraps on this weekend. We're sure some injury news will probably come out as football, you know. Uh, maybe talk about some recruiting stuff and all that kind of stuff. So, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, bro. See you guys. Blake. Talk to the people, man. Let them know what's up. Hey, hopefully we can get Jim in here on this live show. But if not, we will get an episode with him for you guys to to preview this Cal-Auburn matchup. Uh, we're trying to work things out. We're messaging back and forth. Obviously, the time difference, right? Cal beat writer. Yeah, Cal beat writer. They're two hours behind mm-hmm. us. So we're trying to work out a yeah. good time for him to come on. If we can't get him on the live show, we will try to work in an episode uh, to preview this thing. So uh, big news coming, uh, big stuff coming this coming week, man. A big game. Uh, yeah, like we said, this is this is going to tell us a lot about this Auburn football team. So, uh, hey, we're bugging. We're excited. Uh, be damn proud of this football team. Be damn proud of this program. And be damn proud of Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff. War, damn, eagle. War, damn, baby. War, damn.